0: Welcome to the Gymnasium Podcast, where you get to peek behind the curtains of what it takes to create and run a seven-figure fitness facility that ranks in the top 5% of boutique fitness studios for revenue. But to be honest, that's the least important thing about us. Founded by me, Michael Hughes, Genrazo has created an ecosystem of services that blend performance with restoration techniques and attracts top coaches to its facility. Hosted by its owners, Peyton and myself, and our top coaches, this podcast shares our best practices on everything from how to build a sustainable fitness business, to how to program for maximum results, to how to build a hybrid training module that's online and in person, we have marketing secrets, movement, innovation, and breaking down trends in the industry. If you're a fitness professional or a fitness business owner, this is where you learn how to sharpen your skills and to see maximum results. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Gymnasial Podcast. I'm with a special guest, a fellow MDM seer, Tyler Bradley, who uh, to me is someone who I've looked up to because he is someone who went through a process that uh, we believe uh, is pretty awesome and has been um, a kind of a fruit of our labor for a long long time we always think about the training industry um, is in need of a refresh uh, not because it's bad just because there's so much more potential there's so much more to do so we're gonna be diving into the mdmc course but that's the least important topic it's really um, kyler's experience uh, what he's learned uh, the whole process that as we believe should transform our clients lives so if it transforms their lives by the knowledge that we have then hopefully it's done a little bit to ourselves so welcome in kyler thanks for being here and excited to just chat with you
1: yeah thanks for having me michael it's a pleasure
0: right on thank you so very much sure so um let's kind of chat with this where did this whole journey start how did you learn about uh how did you learn about mdmc um, kind of tell us, actually tell us your, your story first, who are you? Um, you're a trainer of movement, but, uh, what's your story?
1: Right on. Yeah. So, uh, I went to Michigan state university, um, I actually was studying something different for the first two years. I was in fisheries and wildlife. Hmm. So freshman and sophomore year, just, you know, kind of a, a whole different path in mind the further I got into it, you know, kind of sophomore summer was a bit of a, a deciding point for me. You know, I had to either stick it out for two more years and get that degree or kind of change paths. And uh, I'd really gotten into fitness, been into it since I was 16, you know, working a lot, working out a lot on my own into a multitude of different sports. And I was just trying to stay healthy and injury free was uh, kind of why I, I enjoyed working out and I I saw the benefits. So I decided to uh, switch gears sophomore year, summer of college. And I uh, switched my major to kinesiology or exercise science as it's known at some of the other universities. And uh, although it sent me back, you know, I think I had to put in maybe an extra semester at the end. It was definitely the right decision. So started learning a lot about anatomy, physiology, the uh, you know the typical things that you would learn at the, the university, really trying to set some fundamentals in there. Um, and then yeah, I, I uh, graduated with my degree there. and then I started working actually uh, at a gym in so in Lansing, which is close to the university. started working there as a trainer, getting my feet wet a little bit, just a couple clients here and there. I think I was working at a, a restaurant as well, you know, trying to make ends meet. I think any trainer can relate to that. I agree. I, build up that clientele at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So from there, you know, I always had a passion for the outdoors. So I, uh, I've been coming up to the Traverse city area and that's where I'm living currently. And I just found a, a gym that was a lot more oriented toward training. And so I just kind of started building my clientele there and, uh, you know, if you, you do a good job on the floor and your clients start talking about you, you can start to build up a a decent clientele and, and really get into the mix. Um, so it's kind of just the, the backstory
0: there. But now you own your own facility, um, with a few partners. Uh, how'd you get into that?
1: Yeah. So I was, uh, training at that gym for about four years, you know, had a solid clientele, pretty much calling it a full-time job at that point. Um, you know, working as a private contractor still, so we didn't have any employees, but you know, doing my thing there, 40 plus hours a week, loving it. And uh, and then one of the owners actually decided to, he wanted to step down and kind of change paths himself. So had the opportunity to become part owner of the facility and, uh, jumped on that you know figured i could make a bigger impact and start to steer the ship in the direction maybe more that i wanted to take it versus how, how things
0: at the time so okay. the, so the facility that you started in is the facility that you're still in that is correct it. right okay yeah yeah I I mean, but, okay yeah. good um yeah. so then what led you to here and here and now what was, uh, what was a what was a catalyst, as we would call it, kind of for multi-dimensional movement? Because obviously, you, you, you had your own your own thoughts. You know, you had your own mm-hmm. kind of. Um, I guess we have our own kind of flavor about fitness, right? We kind of see it from multiple different lenses, and you know, some some things we like, some things we don't don't like. It's a very interesting. Part about this industry is that um, it's certainly multifaceted.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, you know, I just, uh, I'd always had more of a functional style, you know, I was never into lifting super heavy um, or doing some of those other modalities, you know, I always just wanted to keep my body mobile. Uh, I would race and ride a lot of mountain bikes and just do a lot of those outdoor kind of extreme sports, so always beating up on myself and feeling like I just carried tightness in certain areas, probably from overuse. So super interested in functional training, super interested in mobility. Um, and then I actually had a guy that started working at the gym as a trainer and he had, uh, he'd been telling me a little bit about Gray Institute. And it was right about that time, uh, that I was scrolling Instagram one day and came across one of your trainer, uh, trainers, CJ, uh, came across his profile and saw you know kind of what gymnasia was doing and at the time it just looked weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, that's a good way to put it it looked functional but i just didn't know why yeah so i wanted yeah. to find out more what <laughs> yeah it was crazy equipment you know stuff i had never seen doing moves i had never seen uh, you know, I would mix a little rotation in my programs here and there, the classic pal-off press, you know, mm. or something like that planks where you're just holding it a lot of, uh, anti-rotation stability work th- for the spine. But the way I saw athletes at gymnasium moving was just mind blowing in a way I want, you know, like I said, I wanted to learn more, but it was a little like, huh, that's kind of odd style flavor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's very, very cool, because um, uh, it's so funny. As you do something longer and longer, um, obviously, it becomes normalized. And um, for the past decade plus, uh, we I, you could say we've drank in our own Kool-Aid. Um, not a dogmatic Kool-Aid. You know, we're really kind of bringing in new things, and we start to blend so many things together. Uh, from the principal standpoint, you start to look at things like uh, a lot with like bigger eyes. You really start to kind of understand, like, wow, there's so much more out there. So, uh, when did you when did you learn about the MDC, MN, well, <laughs> MDMC program, and uh, what was that kind of like? I got to do this.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if uh, you remember back, man, it was going on two years now, I think, in uh, maybe in eh, in February, so maybe year and a half. But actually, came out to California. Mm-hmm. And I so I came out to San Diego and kind of in the back of my mind it was like, all right, I'm gonna make the trek up there and check this place, check this gymnasium out. And I wanna see it for myself. Cause I was just interested. And so uh so me and my girlfriend actually ended up making the trek. That's which is a lot, of life, by the way.
0: California's <laughs> a lot bigger than people think it is. I mean,
1: yeah, a lot longer than we thought, but well, well worth it. Uh, and so, Yeah, I got there and uh, we actually dove in ourselves into a G1 class. And it was a great experience. And I really, uh, man, I didn't feel like I overdid it that day. I didn't feel like I was shaking when I walked out. Like I couldn't, you know, enjoy the rest of my day. But the next day I definitely was, you know, feeling some new muscles that were working. But it just felt good. My body just felt connected to itself uh and then we just kept in touch and uh, i think i reached out to cj about you know maybe some next steps and that's when he kind of turned me on and i think we started chatting a little more about the mdmc program and maybe its potential and uh benefit it had for me
0: what was your experience going going through it i mean generally speaking right just kind of general online course like wow you know yeah. So I it. Yeah.
1: Um, I would say the biggest thing that stands out is just the learning style of positivity. Mm-hmm. From start to finish, I just felt like I was in good hands. It didn't matter if it was uh, some homework I was turning in or it was the final exam. It never felt like you guys were there to, uh, I don't want to use the word bash, but you know, sometimes criticism comes across a little more negative where I felt that all the criticism that I received was in such a, a positive manner. It just gave me that, uh, that extra little push to be like, okay, like, yeah, these guys are rooting for me. They're on my side. So it was I just uh that.
0: Anyway, Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we're definitely all on the same the, the same team. You know, uh, fitness is a funny, funny game because uh, it's a I would call it a lot of a lot of Type A people, typically, and um, it's like my way or competition or the case is. But uh, it took me a while to really realize this that there are way too many customers and way too few trainers, and. Um, even, I mean, uh, San Luis Obispo, uh, a town of 44,000. Traverse City is relatively the same size. Is that right about Yeah. It? yeah. You
1: yeah. Guys have
0: a, do you guys have a college in that town?
1: A uh, small community college, but okay. yeah. Okay.
0: So um, ours is a college town per se, but uh, 44,000 is not counting the college student. Um, we did, which is about a, about a 20,000 per person university. Uh, we pulled out all the fitness business license in the city limits of San Luis Obispo, and then pulled all the business license of fitness locations in San Jose. San Jose is actually bigger in population than San Francisco, it's about a million plus. And uh, we divided it by the population and found that the per capita, there is more fitness locations, there's more competition in San Luis Obispo than there is in San Jose. Wow. Yeah, I know. I was, like, I was like, wow. All right. So, A, we're a, a movement town. But it's interesting because the rise of the boutique training era, right, you want to call it, right? We were, we were we had the big big box gyms and da 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 and Now we're in the, the boutique area. Um, there's more of us. There's a lot more because we're spreading out. Um, so we're on the same team. And that's a, to me, that's a, like a big, big deal that if we should be rooting for each other, and I didn't always think that way. <laughs> no, I didn't always think. think. It was really like, oh, I, I got to do a better job. Um, I hope they fail so I can win. And um, I'm happy to say that it was a long time ago I thought that. But if we are going to try to educate and guide, it had to be the same thing. It had to be the same thing. Um, Seven billion people, I think that's where, where we're at on this planet. And now with virtual training in the fitness industry being pretty much mainstay, so therefore we all have access to every single well every single person who has internet i'll say that yeah and uh, with starlink doing what they're doing if you don't follow S- starlink um, <laughs> then uh, yeah. we're getting closer and closer and closer so um right on uh were, were there some like some like aha moments things that kind of stood out uh, you can go you can go as deep as as you want something off the table here if you want to share something that, that's in in the course that's not in the course great
1: Yeah. The whole, you know, I mentioned great Institute prior and uh, people can feel free to do some research on, on that as well. And I know you've talked about it in some other podcasts. Um, So I kind of had a brief knowledge base of like, all right, 3d movement. Like, yeah, it is a little more important than I think it is. Maybe I should incorporate a little more of that. Uh But then diving into the MDMC program, where that really is the foundation and the emphasis of a lot of, you know, part of what we're doing, it really started to show me and teach me that, you know, wow, like I, this is super important because how you guys relate it to people's everyday lives, at least for me in my training practice with my athletes and clients is what, what hits home with them. If you can have someone on the battle ropes, you know, dropping a knee down behind them going into a going into a lunge, you know, um, and it it resembles and feels like skiing or an activity similar, and you tell them, you know, I want you to visualize over the next 40 seconds that you're ripping turns down your favorite ski resort that you're heading to in six months. It just brings this greater sense of why Mm. to training. And I think more than anything, that why and that reasoning is what we've been missing in the fitness industry. And to be honest, almost why for, before I kind of discovered this, I was almost having second thoughts of like what I was doing. And if I wanted to continue down the career path that I was.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a huge aha moment, to be quite frank with you. Um, how about the what, right? Here's what, what to do. Here's even how to do it. A lot of form, um, a lot of form correction. Um, but the why part, right? There's, we talk about why in a few different ways, right? There's a physical why, like, why am I actually doing this, you know? for an application of sport, Um, there's the mental why. And that mental why is, um, I don't want to call it the most important, but it's the one that um, really starts to kind of resonate. Mentally, what's your kind of uh, reason for doing this for the long haul, for the program's sake, but also for the short short haul? You know, I I want to perform at a task, a particular task better. Um, and, And then the sensation that that brings you Right to, to to be good on cross-country skiing, which I imagine, or snowshoeing, whatever the case is, um, is it it gives you this sense that's way beyond the physical. And then we go to the then we go to the deeper why, the kind of that soulful why, you know, um, attaching to something bigger than yourself, being being part of a. I don't want to. Yeah, I guess I'll use the word revolution in terms of movement patterns and capacities, and that connects us to this con- this whole concept that like why are fads such a big deal in fitness? Because it's a connection to a greater purpose. You look zoom, but you look at CrossFit, you look at Peloton, you look at all these different things. And I mean, I'm just naming the name the recent things. Let's not go back yeah. to step aerobics. Let's not go back oh to spin, right? Uh, the clothes you wear, I mean, it becomes an identity, um, like other things do too. Um, so in any case, um, I appreciate that. Yeah. The why and how that kind of makes it, makes it all, all happen. Um, Did it make sense to you or was it something that you kind of had to kind of think like, like, ah, you know, I have to, I have to see how this fits or was it now this, this is right, right in line. Yeah.
1: You're just saying as far as the, uh, the program and kind of how you guys. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it did pretty much right off the bat. it was, what I saw was it just gave me more value. It didn't matter if it was, you know, part one about having the, uh, the growth mindset. You know, it just made me think a little deeper on some things that maybe I wasn't doing that I saw uh, being a good idea to add in. Um, so, you know, as you know, the, <laughs> the, uh, the builder, one of the builders of the whole program, there's a lot to it so did it all make sense right away you know maybe not but there were certainly parts that that did right off the bat um as we you know get deeper into like the exercise science part of it and the biomechanics some of that definitely uh you know more that physical stuff some of that took some more time to really understand um there's even some things that maybe i was doing the complete opposite way of uh maybe what the body is meant to do. So it just, it just got me thinking, I guess, more than anything, but, uh, definitely, definitely gave me some, uh, some good food for thought. And, uh, I spent a lot of time coming kind of in my own head, just going through things and figuring it out.
0: Mm. So you and I both uh, have bachelor's of science in kinesiology, exercise science. Um, both you and I, both have courses, other courses, other certifications. Um, I took ISSA as my general cert certification course. What would you take?
1: Uh, I took ACE. ACE, awesome. uh, American
0: Council, yeah, on exercise. Yeah. Um, how would you describe this course with different, with that, or with even tr- not traditional, but with your college education? Or would you say it was a, it was the same? Yeah.
1: Oh, where to, where to begin? <laughs> yeah that was um, yeah. no no it was so i took ace kind of right out of college i think i even took it during college because i was trying to get a little a little bit into the field while i was still in school uh which was good you know it taught a lot of practical knowledge but it was only out of the book so pretty much you're reading it um and that was about it you know you read through it and hope that it, uh, sticks, I guess, the MDMC course, you know, it, the biggest thing was it made me apply it. Hmm. I was pretty much forced to apply it just because of the homework you guys gave <laughs> it, in a good way, right? In the best way. You. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because that's a huge step in learning is actually that application. And so... That, I mean, even (laughs) I look back at courses I took at the university, I'm like, I wish they would have had us do more of that because again, it comes back to kind of that, why are we doing this? And and even the how, how do we do it? Well, in order to know those things, you actually need to do it and experience it for yourself. So it really just, uh, yeah, it provided more than one more level, more than a whole nother level. It was, it went above and beyond my expectations. And I think that's, that's why uh, I have gotten the results that I have. It's just because that extra little piece and those extra little homework assignments, um, the questions you can ask to, you know, yourself or the rest of the team and get that feedback, you know, from a person right away is huge. Because I think a lot of this stuff is a little different for, the trainers out there right now, um, they might find it just a lot different than what they're currently doing. And so there's going to be a lot of questions and in order to sift through that in your own mind, it's important that those get answered by people that have come up with the stuff themselves and worked with it a lot longer than, uh, the people in the course. So it's
0: huge. Yeah. Um, in this field, like as kinesiologists, by definition, like it the, kind of, it, the answer is in the phrase, like we are kinesthetic people. We're moving people. I mean, just if you from your first major, it's like I want to be outside. I want, I want to move. What to be outside means, exce- you have to be an athlete. And I'm not saying a high level athlete, like a like a like a professional football player, but you have to be able to move up and down, left, to right. You know, especially in um, more northern Michigan, it's, it's, it's woody, uh, at least to my knowledge. Um, yeah. Um, that was a bit of an estimated guess there. <laughs> I've only been to the <laughs> flat plains of Adrian. <laughs> no, you're, you're spot on. You're spot oh on. God. Good. Um, so like if we don't move, then we don't really learn that much. Um, I, I've said this a, th- a few times. I do not learn well sitting at a table looking at a whiteboard. I, I struggled hard to get through that and um, getting up out of the chair, getting rid of the desk. You know, if, if I ever have the, have the opportunity to lead a classroom setting, I'm really going to say desk go to the side. You can write on them, but you can't sit at them. <laughs> we we got to move um, yeah. application stance. So that's awesome. Yeah. And there's yeah.
1: a lot of that in the course. You're right. Like it was always like all those videos, you know, you just reminded me of how much I got up and down out of my chair. If I even probably midway through the course, I just decided not to sit down when I watch those, some of those videos. <laughs> I knew it was coming, you know, yeah. five minutes in, little introduction, little description and then it's like, all right, stand up. I, I remember back to one of the first videos in the course <laughs> and it like warns you not to do this, uh, this course in the modules at a coffee shop. You know, and you say you (laughs) head, but the point is, you're just going to be moving a lot because, in order to learn this stuff, one of the best ways is to feel it. And I think I say that about every day in the gym to my athletes. It's like, it's not a number we're trying to hit per se, a rep count. Like, you just want them to feel it.
0: Mm -hmm. Same with the quotes. You just got to
1: feel it for yourself. And then that is how you learn. Or that's how I learn. I shouldn't speak for everyone, but.
0: Right, right. Uh, Visual, audible, um, tactile, and then written. Uh, I may be messing up on that a little bit, but for the the, the most part. um, Yeah, kinesthetic industry, um, uh, there's so much that can be come through. We use the word proprioception, right? Your movement nerves, um, if they're not fired up, then uh, I think we're missing out on the ability for the brain to really capture stuff. So uh, Tony Robbins, um, I took a a few of his courses. Uh, Never really dove into Tony Robbins until uh, the last few years, actually. And uh, he said something that if you're just gonna write down, excuse me, he said, if you're just gonna listen to this, you're probably gonna remember about 10%. And if you wanna retain the value of this course, which was several hundred dollars and get 10% back, then just just listen. You're like, well, who wants to do that? And then he says, if you want to take some notes, and not type notes, but actually handwritten notes, um, then you'll probably get, I, I think it jumped up to like 30%. And then he says, if you want to actually get up, I, want, I, I need you to move. Like, do not sit down. I actually want you to move through the content. I was like, what do you mean with the content? You're like a motivational speaker type. But he says, if you move the way that you feel It says, research has shown that you start to get up above the 50, even up into the 90 percentile of retention. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, because like, that's how I learn. Like, that's how I do it. Now I'm not saying that I need to have people learn what I learned, but as a keen aesthetic practitioner, I, I think it's a fair bet. I think it's a fair, fair, fair bet. So, um, you mentioned results, um. The results that we get are, I don't want to call, to call them second fiddle because it's really the results that our clients get. Uh, any, any stories on that? Any things you can kind of pick out? Yeah.
1: I mean, I remember I was probably halfway, maybe two thirds through the course. And I, uh, I had a client come in that was riding horses over the weekend maybe even in maybe even the week prior and so she had fallen off the back of the horse and just kind of landed on her uh, side of her hip so she was a little sore mainly just felt though at this point kind of locked up um and it had (laughs) i think it was like a week prior or maybe a little little uh further in the past for me but i had just learned Kind of this whole stint, I think you call it the tent stake phenomenon. Is that is that right?
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, oh, uh-huh. tent, like that? tent pole, tent tent stake. Huh. Yeah,
1: yeah. So immediately, that's where my brain kind of went because the hips are one of our uh, one of the biggest joints, or is it the biggest
0: joint of the body? Uh, it's certainly a very powerful piece. Uh, that, yeah. Uh, is it the biggest joint? <sighs> I would I would guess. <laughs> Probably yeah. I would say kind of pound pound for pound. I
1: would, yeah. I would go yes. Yeah. The biggest, especially like inkball ink ball yeah. and sock. I mean, it's right. it's massive. So anyway, that was kind of uh of my approach. And do you have you want me to explain maybe a little bit about the tent stake thing? I am sure the listeners have kind of heard before. Dive dive in, please. Uh, yeah, yeah. So as you taught me, uh, the tent stake phenomenon, you notice know, where you got that tent stake in the ground can't pull it out, no matter how hard you pull straight up on it. It's just, it's just not coming out. And so, you know, as we talk more about three planes of motion, you challenged me on one of our Zoom calls to uh, just figure out a way to get it out. Uh, You know, with just your bare hands is all you have access to. So... I I don't think I did a very good job of answering the question, but we eventually got to the bottom of it and uh, maybe even was given the answers. But anyway, that little uh, start to shift that 10-stake side to side, you know, move a couple greens grains of sand around in a different direction because obviously pulling it straight up isn't working anymore, kind of exhausted that. And then maybe even a little rotation. So kind of spinning that 10-stake around and, again, loosening some things up. Uh, you know, back and forth, side to side a little more, and all of a sudden the tent stake pops right out of the ground. Just created more space for it, more availability. And circling back now to uh to that client that uh is actually over Zoom, which made it even kind of crazier because I had never <laughs> I had never even, you know, taught a client in the gym this technique, but I just figured I would go for it because it, again, it had that why it it made sense to me. Um, so she had, I'll call it, just kind of lo- a locked up hip, and so I just got her into, uh, you know, into a pre position, one leg in front, one leg kind of in, I uh, think, long lunge back behind her, so her hips and a bit of extension. Had her grab onto a door frame just to stabilize her body, uh, so we could increase and really focus on mobility instead of her trying to balance. Um, And then since she felt kind of restricted through that hip extension, I just started having her move side to side, side to side. And she felt a little pain when she she would go uh, a certain direction. So I just kind of had her stop just before, you know, she felt that little twinge. And so we just kind of worked through that range of motion. Then I had her stay in that same position, but actually rotate her hips. Rotate, rotate, you know, side to side. We kind of bounced back and forth. And by the end, she was almost in tears of, uh, of relief, of pain. I mean, it, and I, I was as shocked as anyone because I was like, wow, that, like, that, that actually worked. You know, it was my first time really testing it out. I, I tried totally it on
0: myself. But, I totally get you. It's like, wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else can you think the first time you, uh, you're trying it? So anyway, like changed her life. She was in so much pain. She wanted to cancel, you know, the session before just because she didn't think she could do much. Um, and she was, you know, it didn't fix it, but it definitely made it better. It made the rest of her day better. And it also allowed us to kind of see where she was through different movements you know we kept reassessing different positions and we just worked in the spots that uh that didn't bother it too much and and kept her moving and it went uh it went well so
0: that was a huge win yeah uh you you did two different principles um that I, I want to highlight and just give you a high five for um physics you moved in the positions that were allowable to give more range of motion to positions that weren't, hence the tent pole or the tent stake. But then you also did something is you provided her success first. Uh, you didn't care about her, ins- her, her lack of success. You only focused on what she could do. And um, we always say if bad movement got you there, then good movement's gonna get you out of there. Or if kind of a bad mindset got you there, then a bad mindset's not going to fix it. Fix it, you know. It's like the mentality piece. You got to kind of rechange the per, the parameters. Start thinking positively, um, and then building upon success. Why wouldn't someone want to do more of something that they're good at? I, you know, it kind of baffles me to even think like, oh, of course, you know. But in fitness, yeah. we do so much of. Ah, you did that one wrong. But let's really hone in on that. Let's really focus on your, on your lack of movement. Let's really fo- focus in on your failures. Now, we've certainly focused in on the lack of movement, but we start with the successful aspect of that lack of movement, um, just as you d- described. So uh, kudos on that one. Kudos. Thank you. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's really, really cool. Um, what about like, how it's changed you as a coach? You talk about your clients, but what about you? Um, describe the coach that you are. Um or maybe the coach that you were uh not that it 's gone from black and white because i don't believe that 's true, but the progression you know like knowledge knowledge gives us something, and I want to say the same thing for myself like I wish I invented this knowledge no no, no i we're just we're just we're just packaging it to be quite frank, packaging it for the trainer um as a grain student did a great job of packaging it me from a physical therapy standpoint um you know so anyways so as a as a trainer, yeah like to you
1: uh i'll I'll touch on skills first, you know it feels like maybe at the beginning, I just had your average Joe size toolbox, you know all all like the typical tools in there, I know good squat form, I knew good push up form, you know, I knew how to make adjustments um to make things maybe harder or easier. Wasn't real good with, you know, when someone got into pain, I would oftentimes just switch the exercise uh, to a different body part and kind of stay away from that and maybe think it would heal on its own. Um, but now, after the course, I feel like <laughs> my toolbox has grown enormously. You know, I got a full full mechanic setup now that I take out to the floor with me every time.
0: I so, love like that analogy. Rolling that big old
1: that big old. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you are are in the right one, that big big old red boy, rolling it in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the course, uh, I, I guess a lot of it started with the whole, like, chain reaction thing and learning that biomechanics, when you change one thing, even if it's really, really small, it, it will change a lot of things mm-hmm. at once. Okay. And so providing those tools... Um, to the to me, the coach really just helped give me more confidence uh, in my training, especially. So a lot of this has just been like a mindset thing, but it has given me the skill as well. But uh, just being able to see someone squat one way and then just maybe even have them try a different way—you don't necessarily know if it's going to work or not, but you just have a lot more options. Um, the fitness industry and where I think a lot of people take their training is in the sagittal plane, or just up and down and in front to back. And the uh, the MDMC course really teaches you how to utilize those other two planes of motion. So our our frontal plane, the side to side work, as well as our um, transverse plane, getting into that rotation. And not only that, but teaching you how to use them all together, which is ultimately how the human body functions. So yeah, that's really cool. Um, and it's been awesome just to tweak someone's foot position and see, uh, how they maybe stabilize themselves a little bit better, or they're having a little, a little knee pain that day and you just give them again, a different foot position or lift their heel up a little bit, or again, just, it, it seems almost limitless of the options of uh, tweaks now. I think there's, you know, we talk about our 10 observational essentials, which is straight from the course. It, it just seems unlimited as far as what you can do. So no longer when someone comes in and says, ah, like my back, just I got this little tweak in it. Doesn't feel that great. I used to be scared shitless of that. <laughs> like I would be like for the rest of the session freaked out. Mm-hmm. And. Now, like, I don't want to call it a good thing, a positive, but it's like, yeah, like, all right, let's dive in. Because the way I see it is like, I'm going to do what I can to assist this person because I know they're, you know, feeling some discomfort. And if I am able to help them um, make it even 1% better or not feel quite as twingy as when they walked in, they're going to have a better day.
0: He said it p- perfectly. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna give them some of their, some part of their life. It's crazy. It's crazy that when we think about movement, you know, we call it, it, it to us. It's a total gift. Um, something that you, you didn't earn. Um, you know, you had to, you, you had to fight for it as a little kid. But the body just has this innate ability to move, uh, way more dramatically than any other mammal, at least on the on the land. We we can't fly yet. Um, but, uh, but also it can be taken away. Like, and if you've ever had movement taken away from, from you, an injury, um, uh, just even being in a confined space, you know, it sucks. It really, really sucks. And I'm not even talking about, I've never even experienced massive movement degradation. We're talking like serious injury. I've never torn an ACL broken a bone, thrown out my lower back. You know, those, I'm speaking from those experiences and those were miserable enough. So, um, yeah, if, if we can do, if, if we have the power to do that, to help, to guide, um, I don't, to, to me, I, there's no better feeling. There's no better feeling from a professional standpoint in my day if I can help someone get 50% better in 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, and it's a, a roadmap, a- you know. Yeah. So uh, to me, that's the most addicting thing.
1: Uh, yeah. And then uh, I can dive into the other side of the spectrum, too. Uh, we, we just tossed around, you know, pain quite a bit and fixing that, which is, again, a great feeling for both the coach and even better for the person experiencing that pain. If we can dwindle that down. But on the other side of the spectrum, we have um, performance. And so I'm working with, uh, you know, a client right now that actually coaches volleyball. So always looking maybe out for those little things that could bring her team to the next level. And and I think this is certainly part of it. So as much as she's getting out of her sessions, you know, she likes to transfer some of the, the things to her team and just kind of kind of try some stuff out. So, you know, fixing the pain is good, but also this course has allowed me to just think through different maybe techniques and strategies of like well how can someone hit the baseball even further how can we be a little more biomechanically powerful or efficient you know when we take that swing um, just again tying in three planes of motion and how that body works together. There's there's so many different ways. Uh and the MDFC course just allows you to start to see mm. through that lens and start to see like, oh, okay, you need a lot of internal rotation to really, you know, through the hips per se to crank that baseball. Let's how much does this person have? Well, they actually look like they're lacking quite a bit, so could we, you know, allow them to, instead of getting to the, uh, to the midfield, allow them to crank it all the way out of the park? I think we can. So just as powerful.
0: Yeah, because it's cool because it's still the same thought process. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because if you can, to me, in, in a material engineer, a civil engineer, whatever the case is, aerospace, you know, like the rules of physics are all the same. It's just, what's your application? You know? And, and if you can break down movement mechanics to help your client who fell off a horse who had a limited movement, isn't it the same thought process, just in the opposite direction on the spectrum to go to the next level? Um, so I, I really appreciate you saying that because um, I have a bias you know, towards the therapeutic side of things, but I never, sh- I never am fearful or shy away from the performance end of things. Where it's like, uh, yeah, you want to actually have more movement economy and therefore you can go further but also go faster. It's like, it's like, how do you get a car that gets more gas mileage and more horsepower at the same time? And a lot of people say that's really hard. It's like, uh, in the human body, we can do that. You know, We can give it more economy and more, more power. Um, just by understanding, like you said, those small, subtle tweaks of how the human body I don't want to say I don't want to say that we know everything. There's no there's, there's no way. But from what we know now, it's pretty really cool. It's really really cool. Just that um, it almost seemed hidden. Actually, I've a I have a question for you because I feel like yeah. I'm very biased. Obviously, um, but what would you tell a, another trainer, or what would you tell yourself in the past, um, from what you know now or what you've experienced now? How would you describe this? this, this process, um, what would be your, your kind of conversation points?
1: Yeah. Um, going back to one of the first modules in the course, you know, that growth mindset, oh, right it, you know, that, that's kind of the, that was the start of it for me. Um, because it, it's so cool that that's the first part because it, and I know you guys did that on purpose, I'm sure. It, it just helps me be like, all right, like what, what's to come? I don't know, but I'm going to have an open mind and, and hear them out. At least that, you know, that's how I took it. So, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, that 3d motion, like if you look at someone move, I do it in front of my clients all the time. i like, you know, I have my little Apple pencil that I use on my iPad to take notes and record the workout. And, uh, <laughs> I'll be explaining something. It's usually about the deadlift, how it's very sagittal plane, and we train it. And you know, I guess uh how I used to train it was very just like robotic, if you will, right? Hips back, just straight down, straight up. I'll, like take my pencil, and granted it's not it's not heavy or anything, but I throw it down and I go to pick it up, and then uh, I try to explain to them how I just move my body in three planes of motion. Like, yeah, I bent down, but I also Kind of got that lateral side going, bent into that, you know, using that plane, and I, I definitely twisted a little because it wasn't right down in front of me, um, and I, and I tried to be like, and I didn't even think about it, you know, I just went down and picked it up, bring it into that subconscious uh, part of our our mind, and that's just how movement happens. So definitely tying in, you know, telling, telling my my past self that three planes of motion is how the body moves in everyday life. So therefore we need to practice like we play it's, uh, now it seems like a no brainer, but back then it was like, all right, just I'm here to make someone strong. And now it just seems like I'm trying to prepare people for like you guys always say the game of life, having them show up every day and just be ready for the unknown. You never know what's going to happen. So, those are, uh, yeah, two, two big points for uh, for people and trainers currently and definitely my past self before the MDMC course.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah. You're just bringing me back. Um, uh, just you, you kind of forget, like we get in our own head, we're, we're, our head's in the sand, you know, just nose of the grindstone, however, however you want to say it. But to look up and be like, how did I do things? Gosh, 2004 is when I started. Like, how did I do things then? And uh, a lot of anxiety, a lot of anxiety with a new client coming in. Um, As I just reflect on your answer, listening to it, and gosh, kind of reflecting on mine, there's always so much, I'm going to use the word fear. You know, it was was nervousness, right? I still get nervous before every client. Um, But it's an excited nervousness. (laughs) It's like, what is the movement assessment going to show me? You know, and... um, I'll see the first of, you know, se- several drills and put that together. Like, okay, I, I see a uh, lack of extension in the hip. All right, cool. All right, lack of extension. All right, And then you see them, you know, you just start pre- piecing things together. And it's really crazy how, like, the picture starts to unfold, even though you don't know how it's going to unfold. Um, and uh, that's, uh, I don't know, It's uh, it just really starts to bring out this, this whole concept that, like, Two trainers, you and myself, who thought very similarly, like the way you described yourself and how you did you did stuff, I was riding with you, and then to just unpack, like realize, like there's a whole new world. Um, not to re- reference the Disney movie from Aladdin, but uh, <laughs> that's that's a, that's a big topic in my family at this particular point. Uh, but to open, I was like, wow, there's so much more out there. And yes, three planes of motion is a cornerstone thought process, but it's almost so vast. It's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's like it's a dash of transverse plane, a little bit of the sagittal, but really it's the frontal plane that's gonna open up that ankle or it's gonna allow that baseball swing to get that little bit more, to get that extra tension through the inside thigh, right? It just, um, it's really, really cool. And I, I appreciate your, you sharing, sharing that. Um, there's a question that, thats it's a tough one. So, I, you know, it's, it's pretty tough, but we always ask this, this question. Um, to new coaches and it's putting a broad thing into three words so how would you describe the mdmc mentorship in three words or three phrases
1: like three i can do three different yeah like words
0: right yeah three three different words and three different phrases
1: all right um I'm going to go with positive for the first one as I kind of, you know, chatted about um, life changing in more ways than one. Okay. A lot more than just my my training. Um, and I'll just go with uh, with in-depth. I feel like you guys really hit on um, a lot. Like for people listening, this is way more than just learning a new style of training. One of the parts I like most is how deep you guys dove on the psychological part of it, you know, dividing people up into different, uh, would you call it personality types? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So things like that, I mean, like those, da- that that's more important, mm-hmm. as important as anything else in the course, because then you get out on the floor and apply and you're like, wow, okay. So yeah, I guess those would be my three words
0: though. Wow, you hit that out right out of the park, awesome! Yeah. <laughs> we typically don't hire coaches who can't answer that that phrase. They can't. Uh, uh, they can't say three. three, that, three is a, that is a a tough question. For it sure, is, it is a tough question.
1: On the spot, for...
0: yeah. Um, awesome, awesome. So, um, I guess my kind of my last question to you is, um, what are you going to do now? it's 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 education right we haven't you know there's still so much to so much to to go through but um as a business owner as a trainer um and as an athlete yourself like what do you think like where do you want to go like if you could kind of just brainstorm a little bit manifest potentially um what horizons opened up for you what new lenses opened up for you Um, you can answer that from a business owner. You can answer that from a trainer yourself or just an athlete or all three. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I
1: mean, I can even try to tackle all three. I I mean, as a business owner, just trying to redirect the energy, uh, towards the value that I think, again, I'll call this style of, uh, of training and movement. Um, I, I just. I find it so valuable for the athletes. And I think, you know, everyone needs it. And so I wanna do my best, you know, as a, a business owner to try to make it available to as many people as possible and really show them why, you know, hammer that home of like, why is this and how is this different to maybe what you have been doing and how can it benefit you? And, uh, yeah, just really open the envelope on that for people and, and try to design, um, a facility a little bit better adapted to, uh, promoting and teaching that style of training. So, and check then, out. uh,
0: check out, yeah. this
1: a- nice. check out yeah. that one. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Perfect. As far as a coach goes, um. I mean, to be honest, my plan is to go back through the, the MDMC course for a whole nother round. That course is so action-packed, filled with, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of it I missed. So um, it's just filled with knowledge. And I don't think you could, it could be something you go through every year. And I think you would still pull um, pull some facts and see some things that maybe you you didn't prior. So. Really looking forward to doing that to uh, continue my learning. Um, keep structuring um, I, I guess keep implementing more and more structure into my programming and my clients' uh, programming because I've seen that come a long ways as well. Like I have always been very keen on tracking people's statistics. But now I feel like you guys have provided me with
0: uh, something
1: that helps so much more when it comes to tracking. I say stats, but you know it, it can be used for a lot of different things and I don't even think we you know I, I probably use a similar template just because you kind of turned me on to a certain design, but it can be used for anything you know you can write when the person's birthday was or you can write that their same side lateral lunge really lacks some uh some movement and they need to be rolling those adductors and that uh you need to give them some homework over the weekend. So yeah. Um that structure has really helped me. You know, I show up to every session and I know what I'm I'm gonna do. At least I have an idea before I before I dive into the session of like here's kind of the game plan. But as I'm sure a lot of your sessions go, they kinda um can change up on the fly because who knows what the person was doing before this or, you know, so anyway, just giving me some good structure and it really helps to uh, maintain my focus. And therefore the athletes get better workouts and see better results. What's your, what's your quote about the results?
0: Um, random training equals random results. Um, is that what you're thinking about?
1: Yeah, that's the one, man. That's the one. That one sticks with me because uh, I've seen it. You know, tracking things a little closer uh, and paying attention to a little more detail has definitely given clients better results.
0: So Yeah, I wish I invented that quote. I didn't, but. uh... (laughs) All right. I like to collect a lot of information. (laughs) I'll say that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And Uh, then what's the last? What about
0: you as an athlete?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So as an athlete, I'm still super active. Uh, You know, ride a lot of mountain bikes. Like I mentioned prior, we do a lot of paddle boarding here in Michigan because there's so many freshwater lakes around. Um, But I'm really game for any activity. I like learning new things. So still play a game or two of hockey uh, here and there. So, yeah, um, definitely looking uh for sustainability i used to definitely beat myself up in the gym a lot and then i would you know go and try to do all these different activities and uh some of the workouts that i've done um you know gymnasio inspired or mdmc inspired and crafted you know kind of that style workouts i think have helped me like you always say like turn on um as well as not go to uh, complete failure and uh, maybe just fatigue things a little bit. But it it leaves me prepared and feeling ready to jump on my bike after the session. You know, I I swear I've had some of the best bike rides after because I have your G1, you know. I've purchased some G1 workouts templates, so I've done those. And, man, some of my best athletic performances lately have been after those workouts. And I I know it even before I jump on my bike, I just feel it like turned on, ready to roll. Um, So yeah, I'm gonna continue to progress um, through some of that stuff. And yeah, probably for now, just keep building some of my own workouts and using some of the ones you guys gave me, but there's a lot out there and it all has a similar style.
0: So. Yeah. Um, and just for, for those listening, like Kyler's in, in a cool state because he has, uh, like I said, you, you have a shared ownership of, of what's going through. And so much of what I've experienced in, in the past and tried to warn off is um, having too much diversity of opposing viewpoints. Uh, and I mean, I mean this in a, in, in a critical way, not in a, in a positive way, in the same facility. Um, because typically, the, the, the popularity of one, regardless of its effectiveness or not, it always, always wins. Basically, what I'm seeing and what my parents have told me, say, Michael, pick your, your, your friends wisely. Because the worst of you all, you all become like them. Meaning it's easier to pull someone down, negatively, and harder to pull someone up, positively. So it's, it's, it's really interesting what you're going through having a business partner that's, that uh, has the same mindset, or at least one of them, that you know, we, get to, we get to collaborate as trainers versus being on your own island. So all the trainers, at least gymnasium and I know at, in, in front of fitness, have this mindset of, wait a minute, A, growth mindset, B, that there's more out there than we typically or have been traditionally taught, and then C, is that we're here to go explore it. Versus living in a dogma state of this is the only way to do things. And if it doesn't fit in this box, then the client's doing it wrong. And that's probably the biggest answer. Because I'm definitely doing it right as a trainer. And to have that that humility to be like, wait a minute, maybe the client's doing everything right. But I'm teaching it wrong. Or my mindset or my knowledge is lacking. Not wrong in a sense, just lacking. And that's, um, I think to me that... Like, that's a huge, cool thing that you're, that you're building and, and have built and will continue to build is that, is that we're in here to learn more, collaborate more, and um, not necessarily have this like, oh, this is the only style that we do. So I don't know if yeah. it resonates with you, but I'm thinking. Oh, this. totally. No, you, you nailed it,
1: man.
0: Awesome. Great. Well, um, I can keep chatting with you more and more and more. Um, any closing thoughts? Um, just from your, your experience, um, or, or anything else.
1: Yeah. I mean, for, for everyone out there listening this, it really is, or at least it has been for me a life-changing experience, um, mentally, physically, um, and, and for all my athletes. So not only are you doing yourself a favor, but in the end, you know, we're all here to help people get healthier, stronger, fitter, whatever word you wanna fill in the blank with. And this is a fantastic way to, uh, to bring all of that together and really stand the top of your game and always be learning.
0: Kyle, thanks for the affirmation. I uh, appreciate that, really. Uh, it's been a pleasure um, being a guide. Um, it's been a pleasure also learning from you. Um, I say it with all honesty. And uh, I really look forward to the rest of the journey. I say that, that word often, but it is truly a journey. Um, I really thought um, getting my bachelor's of science was the end of the road. And then I thought getting my uh, physical therapy doctorate would be the end of the road. And now I realize that um, those were very fixed mindset ways of thinking. Um, there is no end of the road. It's just whenever you wanna get off the train um, <laughs> with a track, you know, with the case is. So thank well, you very step. much. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, if any of you listening want to train with this awesome coach, uh, provide us some details cause virtual training is available. So please, uh, give me some details. How can they contact you?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I have, uh, an email, coachkylerfitness at gmail.com probably the easiest way to uh, inquire so yeah they can reach out and we can uh, go from there or uh, if they're in the Traverse City Michigan area they can uh, they can stop by and see what we have to offer
0: right on good stuff Kyler once again thank you very much Listeners, thank you for, for being on the, uh, another episode of the Gymnasia Podcast. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Hey, y'all. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your fitness-obsessed friends and peers who are also navigating this world of fitness and trying to succeed through the trends and misinformation. As you guys can see, this podcast is basically a masterclass for trainers wanting to level up in their coaching skills and their fitness business model relaunches in 2020 because you and your fitness tribe deserve to see an unfiltered look at all the aspects of what it takes to stand out as a next generation coach and build a successful fitness business. So share it far and wide. And please, when you do, do me a favor, take a screenshot of this screen and share it to your social media accounts and use the hashtag gymnasal podcast. That's hashtag gymnasal podcast. That way we can see you and share your post with our audience. And finally, when you're ready to go to the next level as a coach or in your business and to reach more people, please go check out GymnasoEDU.com. We have put together the best 90-day coaching program on the market for trainers wanting to become a masterful practitioner and build a business that gives them the freedom and impact. So let us help you do just that. We have online training and one-on-one coaching to guide you through a full 90-day certification. We even get you training our clients live because it's always better to work out your kinks on someone else's clients than yours. But we promise you this, your clients will be blown away by the transformation our program will help you make. You'll be masterful at a whole new level and part of an incredible community of coaches worldwide, taking their skills, to the next level so if you thought today's episode had some fire to it and inspired you to take action wait until we see what we deliver on this program so just go to gymnasioedu.com and we'll see you on the other side remember that turning your passion for fitness into transformation and sustainable business is critical to reaching the people and lives you were put on earth to help it matters and truly can make an impact in other people's lives so i hope you do that keep sharing your passion and we'll talk to you soon